Hey kids, this is me, Icy Robots, and we're back with another super exciting, super fun episode of World Famous. We're going to talk about a comic show I went to, we're going to find out what's going on with Ed Beeb out in the food cubes, we're going to we're gonna have a really great time this week, but until we get there, Grandmaster Grandpa, let's that be. OKIC Robot, let's get this party started right, let's get this party started quickly. This is world's famous with IC robot. When we last left off, Ed Bebout was finally able to go on the air. This is Ed Bebout here for TV50 News with an important update. I am broadcasting from a secure location with the latest on the food cube crisis. I have it from a reputable source that the zombies can be cured with a small dash of tab cola applied orally. The zombies may be resistant at first but force it down their hatch if you must. It is the only way we know of to disintegrate the stuff that is inside of their bread basket. Quantities of tab cola are limited at the present time. If you have any access to tab cola please contact us here on air. Yes? Ed, we have a call. We have a call in. This is Ed Bebout. Hello Ed, I work at a Goodwill in the city. So what? It used to be a Coca-Cola bottling plant. Oh, I guess that is great. There are two big canisters labeled Tab Cola stored in the back room. You are welcome to them if it will help. We will head down and pick them up. Thank you. Good luck. There are zombies everywhere. This is Ed Bebout signing off for now. Stay indoors and stay safe. I see robots, this is great. We have to go get the tab. Yeah, totally, this is awesome. How, how are we gonna get the tab back? You only, uh, you only have your Camaro. I have a box truck out back that we use for TV remotes. Oh, that's awesome. You can drive that and I will pace you in my Camaro. First we have to pick up Derek. Text him and let him know we are on the way. Uh, okay, yeah, let me do that. What did he say? He said K. Great, let's go. Return to Earth. And now a special presentation. Let's talk about IC Robot's trip to the East Bay Comic Con featuring G.I. Joe legend Larry Harmer. Yeah, man, we went to a comic show the other day. I haven't been doing anything like this in years. I feel like everybody out there hasn't been doing anything like this in years. It's so, it's so sad when you look back. It's like just two years of our, our lives completely disappeared. I, I overheard somebody at the show talking to somebody else and he said, you know, there hasn't been a SAC con. That's, that's the big con that we have in Sacramento, the state capital of Sacramento. It's, it's like the biggest show on this side of the state from here to say, to say, like, L.A., where you have, like, you know, the Comic-Con, the big Comic-Con in San Diego and WonderCon in Anaheim. SatCon is our big event, but there there hadn't been a SatCon in three years, I overheard somebody say. And I was like, you know, that's completely true. My gosh, it's been, it's been so long. It's like all this time just disappeared, and it's like, it's like it's really sad, but I, I'm going to try to start making up some of it. I'm going to go double time through life trying to do fun things but uh we went to Concord for the East Bay Comic Con. Concord is like 
It's like, I don't know, like an hour and a half away from here. Oh, if you've been uh, caught up on the shows, when I went to that mall in Sunnyvale and bought those G.I. Joes, the Sunnyvale Mall, it's actually not in Sunnyvale. It is, in fact, in Concord. It was very close to the... Uh, to the place where the the con was at. It's at a it's at a hotel. What is the name of that hotel? In my mind, I always call it a Holiday Inn because that's like that's just like what you call like a random, like a random hotel. But it is in fact the let's find out. It's the Crown Plaza Inn in Concord, California, forty five John Glenn Drive, Concord, California. The the price of tickets it's only ten dollars. Kids twelve and under are free. It's like a small time kind of like family show. You know it's. It's nothing crazy, nothing gigantic. There are two vendor rooms and then one big room with people signing autographs. And then then there's like another room where people kind of just like hang out and like costume con and all that, all that kind of stuff. It was, it was pretty cool. I've gone to this show three years in the past, three years running up until, up until everything happened and it's been, it's been out the window. I've had a lot of fun going there. I've seen a lot of fun guests. They had a Lost in Space panel one year that was really, that was really fun. But the reason we went this year, not just because I would have gone anyway, but the reason we went there this year is because G.I. Joe legendary creator Larry Hama was going to be signing autographs and, in fact, did a panel. I, myself, am a gigantic G.I. Joe fan. I'm a gigantic G.I. Joe comic fan. And in my mind... Larry Hama is one of the most creative folks ever there has ever been. Sorry, I just looked out the window and I saw I saw something weird. Somebody was walking by, bouncing like a big, uh, what would you call it? Like an exercise ball? You know, one of those big balls you can like sit on or whatever, like a big yoga ball? That was wild. I apologize for that. I saw him out the studio window. My apologies. But um, I, I had trepidation going. I, I sometimes suffer from a small bit of social anxiety, not like anything major, nothing big, but sometimes I do get wary of, I get a little uncomfortable around uh, big crowds, and these kind of cons are always like, it's like wall-to-wall -wall people, and it sometimes, it sometimes stresses me out, but I, I do accept it as like what you have to deal with if you want to get your hands on the, on the fun stuff, but like, when you add in everything going on, and the fact that like I really haven't been out of the house to anything fun and crazy like this in like two years, I was... I was a bit anxious, but I, I sucked it up, threw down a couple shots of whiskey like a tough guy. I'm just kidding. I didn't do that because it was too early in the morning. If it was later, I might have thrown down like three or four just to, just to get my nerves hardened. But, uh, I was a bit anxious. I got over it though. And we, we headed down. It was like an hour and a half drive, a pretty decent drive through the, through the Sonoma Valley. We went through Napa. I saw Gino Vega on his porch in a rocking chair. I waved, what's up, homie? He shot me a stink eye. I don't think he recognized me because uh, we haven't seen each other in a couple years because everything has been crazy. But uh, that was fun in itself. But um, when we when we got there, it was like it was like crazily crowded. And we still have a mask mandate around here. And I myself, I'm all for it, especially like when it's like just jam-packed like this kind of, kind of event. So we were all masked up. I'm triple vaxxed, double vaxxed and boosted. So I honestly feel very comfortable going out in that regard but when you when you haven't been around people like this in such a long time it's very it's very weird i found myself getting like incredibly irritated with like everybody who got near me these these rooms they have the uh vendors in there's two of them one bigger one and then one that's kind of medium sized and there's a lot a lot a lot of like different tables of people selling stuff all jammed in to like one small area and everybody wants to look everybody wants to check out the comics i get it that's what i'm there for too i want to check out the comics but it's like it's really hard 
to maneuver through without like getting face to face with a lot of people. And it's been so long since I've been like face to face with people like this that it was it was very weird. And I found myself getting very agitated. I managed I managed to suck it up. I managed to like internalize it and it didn't it didn't come out in any visible way, but there was definitely a lot of stress. By the time I went home, like my shoulders were like so tight. I don't know if you guys do that, but like when I get stressed, I kinda I kinda hold it in my shoulders. I kinda hold it in in, in my neck. I think that's I think that's a common place for it. But by the time we left, dude, I was like I was like stiff. I felt stiff. And then after the car ride home, I was I was a cripple. But man, it was definitely fun. It was definitely a good time. Let's uh let's just kinda take it from the beginning. We paid we went in. There were tons of people. You get like a little wrist bracelet from uh, it says Sack Anime. These are these are probably leftover. I still actually have mine on my wrist. When I get one of these wrist bracelets from an event, I sort of like I forget it's there, and I end up wearing it for just like the longest time. But it's it's still on. It's like a neon yellow bracelet. You get one of those. You go in. You walk through like um where you would check into the hotel, and then you get in. To, like, there's one big room. It's very interesting. This was where they had the people signing autographs, your Larry Hammas, your people like that. And it's, like, it's very tall. And they have, like, actual factual trees inside of there and, like, growth. But it is, like, it's completely sealed off. It's not open, but it's, like, an indoor courtyard with trees and plants and things like that. It's very cool, very interesting. And to the left of that was, like, the main vendor room. And then over on the right... There's another vendor room that I actually didn't discover until we were there for a little bit. We we were heading outside to catch some air when I discovered the second vendor room. But uh, the Larry Hamba panel was going to be at 1 o'clock. So we left the house around 10, hoping to get there with enough time to like look about for like maybe an hour, 45 minutes before the panel. Then we were going to go do that and then bounce, get a hot dog on the way home. Hopefully be home by like 4, 5 o'clock, which did in fact work out. So it was fun in that sense, but... uh. First thing we did was we dipped into the vendor room. I like to buy comics. I like to see comics in person. I I do I do feel like my comic buying days are kind of winding down. Not like completely, but like I have a large quantity of the key issues that I want and I do want to stay current. I do want to get like current key issues, but like the prices of comics are insane right now. Just absolutely crazy. I saw comics that I bought like not even like five years ago for like twenty, thirty dollars on sale for like four, five hundred dollars. I am not exaggerating in any sense. I saw the first appearance of the Taskmaster, which I bought for forty dollars not that long ago. I saw it at not not one, not two, but three different tables for five hundred dollars, which is crazy to me. That's crazy. I would never and I'm talking ungraded copies. I don't like the graded comic scene. That's not my bag. I like to look at my comics. I like to flip through them, check them out, read the ads and all that stuff. And there were ungraded copies of this for five hundred dollars. My my crown jewel, my favorite comic of all my comics, is I have the first appearance of Bad Girl. It's in good shape. Pretty good shape. I would say like a five or a six. It's an older book. You know, these books have a lot of wear and tear over the years. It's not like people were like slabbing books back in the day. So they have to get read, passed around. It's really rare to find like a book this old in like 10, 10 condition or whatever. I saw a graded four first appearance of Bad Girl for 7000 $500. I bought this book for $80 not that long ago, maybe like 15, 20 years ago. But nonetheless, it was not a, like a $5,000 book. I would never, 
in my life spent $5,000 on a book unless it was like the first appearance of Batman. The prices are insane. I did manage to find some fun stuff at a decent price, but uh, I don't know. I feel like this, this hobby is kind of passing me by, but I'm also very glad that I got in early and I got out early. So it's like I got the stuff I want by and large. There are things, you know, here and there that I do want, but like I've got most of the stuff that I want. So I, I kind of looked around. I did this. I did that. There were tons of pop vinyl. Shout out to pop vinyl collectors everywhere. There were like a lot of comics, man, but like there's so many people. There's like so many people in such a small space that you can't you can't like camp out in front of these comic boxes as much as you, you would like to because I want to stand there. I want to dig. I want to look, but it's like everything is in a major walkway. So it's like you're there, you're getting bumped, everybody else wants to look. I don't want to be a jerk. I want to give everyone a chance. And I don't know. It's fun, but it's also very, very chaotic. And then we went through that for a while. The wife bought a couple like movie poster facsimiles that she, she had wanted for a while, like these little mini posters. And we... We headed out to where the autographs were because I'm like, you know, we should go and get Larry Hama to sign a book. I bought, I brought G.I. Joe number 50, which is my personal favorite issue of all the issues. It's the one where the G.I. Joe team invades Springfield, but Serpentor tricks him, dukes him, and escapes the other way and then leaves G.I. Joe looking like they attacked a random civilian town. I liked it at the time because this was like... This was like the first time I'd ever seen the bad guys outsmart the good guys. I thought it was just really cool, really interesting. So I brought that for Mr. Hama. It's in fact Larry Hama. I've always called him Larry Hama my entire life, but he said Hama at the, uh, at, at the panel. So I'm going to assume that he knows how to pronounce his own name, but I, I brought issue 50 and then I brought another issue with me to get signed for my nephew who's recently gotten into G.I. Joe. He saw the Snake Eyes movie and he was like, I love this stuff. I love it. So he started buying back issues at his local comic store. So I'm like, I'm going to get one for him as well, to send on his birthday. I don't think he listens. If he does, happy birthday, uh, Junior, and someday you'll be getting something fun. But I I brought those two, and then when we went over to uh, Mr. Hama's table, there was only one person in front of us, so I'm thinking, this is pretty exciting. And then even more exciting, I looked at how much he was charging, and autographs were free. If you wanted to get it personalized, it was free. If you wanted to uh, not get it personalized, it was $10. If you wanted, like, proof of autograph, which would be, like, him holding it up while you take a picture, that was 20 bucks. I guess if you're going to take the book, have him sign it, and then you're going to sell it. He wants a taste. He wants a taste of that. I get it, Larry. I am down with that. But I, I had no intention of ever selling these in my life. So I got them both for free. He made out one to me. He wrote two Icy Robots, Larry Hama, 2022. And then he wrote one for my nephew. He wrote nephew's name, signed it, Larry Hama. 2022 and then when I was I was standing there talking to him for a second I noticed he had a picture from the movie The Warriors one of the uh, esteemed movies in the Five Mike Movie Hall of Fame and I said were you in The Warriors and he goes oh yeah I was in an Asian gang in the movie that was actually a deleted scene The Warriors encountered us encountered us we fought them but it ended up on the cutting room floor he said there's a version of the DVD where the scenes in there so not only being an amazing comic art an amazing comic artist, an amazing comic writer. He's also an actor. I knew that he had been in MASH. I knew that he was an expert in MASH, but I didn't realize that, like, Homeboy was in The Warriors. What a claim to fame. What a life this guy has. He was so nice, so polite. It was definitely cool. I was very happy to get to stand there and chat with him for a second, get him to sign my book. And then I brought another book to get signed by Art Adams, who you might know as, uh, he was a big-time penciler for Marvel. Back in the 80s and the 90s, to me, 
He's the guy that wrote and created Longshot, the character in the X-Men universe with the power of luck. I had Longshot number one. I was going to bring it, get it signed if the prices were affordable. But again, he was signing for free. If you wanted to get it personalized, he would sign it for free. So I got him to sign the issue of Longshot. He put it right there on the moon. That's right behind our guy Longshot on the cover. Very cool, very friendly guy. We chatted for a minute. Very, very nice. I probably should have mentioned this before. I am kind of burying the lead. The guest of honor at the entire show was Star Trek alumni Doug Jones. Shout out to the nerdy blogger who I know is a giant Doug Jones fan. You might know Doug Jones. He was Saru on Star Trek. He's been uh, Abe Sapien in Hellboy. He was in Shape of Water. I think the guy is an amazing actor. He's fantastic. He goes out there and he wears like a rubber suit the entire day. And he brings these monsters, these creatures to life with heart. He's, he's, he's fantastic. Just everything about him is fantastic. And I could see from where I was with Art Adams that he was signing for people and people were hugging him. People were like crying seeing him in person. And he seemed like, he seemed like the nicest guy in the world. He looked like he was taking time to talk to everybody. He was taking pictures. He's hugging people. He was just like, he seemed like a very kind, very special person. We did stay for the Doug Jones panel. The Doug Jones panel was focused on the 20th anniversary of the movie Hocus Pocus. It was him and two other actors from the movie Hocus Pocus, which I've never, I've never seen. There weren't a lot of Star Trek questions, which is what I would have liked, but the panel was very fun. And in, in seeing him, the guy was just like, he seems like just such a special person. He seems like such a special dude. Very nice, very kind. I, in fact, recorded the entire panel. That's going to be up on Patreon pretty soon. I recorded that and the Larry Hama panel. So if you're if you're a Patreon member, they might be there now. If they're not there now, they'll probably be there tomorrow. So check out for that. Very fun stuff. But after that, after walking around a while, we went to the Larry Hama panel, the reason that I went. And the whole thing was super weird, and I didn't like it at all. Eventually, I did like it, but I didn't like the way they treated Larry Hama. We're all sitting there ahead of time, waiting for him to come over from his table. And eventually, he does. And... When he sits down, his mic was turned off. His mic was not on. He's trying to talk, but his microphone's off. And he's kind of a kind of a soft-spoken guy. No one can hear him. People are sitting there being confused. There was nobody from the show to act as a moderator. Nobody there to, like, set up the mics. Nobody there to help him in any way. Eventually, somebody in the front row came forward. They had the cojones to do it. They sat down, figured out his mic situation turn the PA up to the point where you can hear him. But the whole thing was like very awkward at first. I felt really bad for Mr. Hama. He's standing there talking. No one can hear him. I can see on his face. He's an older gent. I can see like a look of a look of like unsettled confusion. But once it got rolling, man, it was great. It, there, there were still acoustic issues through the whole thing. If you're on Patreon and you hear it, you'll be able to tell. You can hear everything he said. But there are some acoustic issues. But our guy... Our guy said so many exciting, so many interesting things about G.I. Joe. He talked about the art of storytelling, what it was like working at Marvel, what it was like working with Hasbro. He's he's a very, very interesting guy. Once he got the ball rolling, man, it was dynamite. But I didn't like the way they treated him. I did not like the way you treated Larry Hama, East Bay Comic Con. You should have had somebody there. He's a 72-year-old man, and you had him on stage by himself without a moderator, 
without somebody to turn on his microphone, without somebody to get him ready, get him watered. That's not how you treat an honored guest like Larry Hama, dude. I'm going to say it right now for the whole world to hear. East Bay Comic Con, you did not treat Larry Hama right at all. So... With that said, let's uh, let's see what I got at the show. Hold on one sec. I'm going to roll across the room. I hate this. And don't know why I do this every episode. Super Bush League. Incredibly Bush. I apologize. But I am coming back right now. You know, I do a lot of this just on the fly. I like to have fun. I like to uh, just keep it, like, easy breezy. I don't want to, I don't want to, like, stress out on the issues of this show. So I, I, I do it um kind of on the fly. Let's let's see. I hope that's okay with you. I'm going to put my autograph books on the back. The first book I got was Daredevil number 44. I paid $5 for this. It's in very good condition. On the cover, you can see he's fighting the jester and it says Daredevil murderer. I'm trying like like unofficially to get an entire run of Daredevil. I want to get all the issues, but I want to do it through comic shows and through the flea market. I want to find them all in person, hunt them down, and have, like, a collection that I myself have earned. Earned through my sweat. I don't really think I'm ever gonna complete this. The The big problem is issue number one. This is a massively expensive comic book. It's way past the price that I would ever want to pay for a comic. So, I don't know if I'll ever complete this. I should have bought this, like, ten years ago when I first thought of the idea, but I didn't. Now the prices are through the roof. And, uh, this may never be done. But I got Daredevil number 44... Got this for five bucks. And then this is this is one I got from the more current run of Daredevil, the Chip Zdarsky uh, Daredevil. This is issue number 25, which for some reason I don't have. It only came out like a few months ago, but I don't have it. I, I missed it from my, my comic service that I, I subscribed to. But this is the first one where Elektra became Daredevil, which is kind of kind of where they're at right now in, in the comic. And it's pretty, pretty cool. Then the next one I got is issue number 58. I paid $10 for this one, and it's also the first appearance of the Stuntmaster, who's one of my favorite D-level villains. He's just, like, basically a stuntman who turned into turned into a supervillain. Everybody back in the day was turning into supervillains. And then I got, I got issue number 148. I picked this one up out of a dollar box. So I was pretty pleased with all those. I got three, four, rather, that I need for my collection without really, like, without really, like, spending a ton. And then here's the issue 50 that I got signed. Here's the issue 53 I got signed for my nephew. And here's long shot number one that I got signed by Art Adams, who is very, very nice. Overall, I think I did good. I didn't spend a lot. I got some stuff that I needed. I got to see some cool toys. I got to walk around. I got to see Larry Hama. I got to see Art Adams. I got to see Doug Jones in person. He's very tall. Very tall, very thin, very cool person. Keep your eye out for that panel. It should be on Patreon any day now. I got to remaster it and bring the volumes up and kind of kind of make it more more easy for you you guys to hear. It's a good one though. It's a good panel. He had he had a moderator with him there handling all the questions, setting up the microphone, setting up the PA system. I see you East Bay Comic Con. I see how you treat a Hollywood superstar like Doug Jones as compared to how you treat a comic book legend like Larry Hama. I see you. You should be ashamed, but uh, we had a great time, to be honest. But the the ride back was very long. It, it's only like an hour and a half on the road, but there's so much traffic heading back from the city into where we are. So I'm sitting in the car for five hours. But we stopped at Casper's in Concord. I love Casper's. It's a hot dog place. Your boy loves a good wiener, man. Your boy 
loves a Frankfurter. And Casper's, to me, is probably the number one hot dog chain around here. I think there's four or five Casper's, whereas there's only like two Saks. Saks is the other one. You got Saks, you got Casper's. Casper's has been around for like 50 plus years. They have a bunch of different stores. They have a really great look. They have really old signs, very old branding. They're the kind of place where you go in and, and the board with the prices has, the, has like the plastic letters that you insert into the board. Very, very good place. I got a hot dog with uh, mustard and sauerkraut. I ate it. It was great. The wife got a chili dog. She ate it. It was great. Then we drank a zero-calorie lemonade, and then we headed home. Great time. Great time overall, but by the time I got home, my back was killing me. I... I do have, like, some back issues, like we all do. Everybody does. The The weight of carrying yourself around, the weight of carrying my giant brain around all these years has really, really put a strain on uh, my back, and I can't, I can't sit for more than, like, a couple hours at a time, and, like, sitting at those panels for two hours and immediately getting into the car and sitting for another two hours. By the time I got home, I was a knot. I was basically a knot. I had to soak in the tub, which I don't mind. I threw in some Epsom salts. I threw in some other stuff. Soaked, soaked my stress away, and now that the stress is gone, I'm home, and I got all these cool comics, which I'm going to read, and I'm going to file, to be honest. The filing is one of my favorite parts. I think it's cool to go out to my neatly organized boxes and insert them and see the numbers come together, see the puzzle come together. Eventually, this puzzle will be fit. We had a good time. Keep an eye out for those panels. We're going to move forward with uh, some more G.I. Joe talk. It's a G.I. Joe day. That's awesome, though, right? But first, a word from show sponsor, the jeweler known as Chanel. 10,000 years ago, a tale began with the invention of fine metal. Chanel is the creator of gold as well as silver. Une nuit que we are the first to minor from the earth. We began many centuries ago and continue today to be the finest jewelers in the universe. If your gold does not come from Chanel, it is most likely polished copper. Chanel, the king of jewelry, the jewelry of kings. 10% off with promo code ICROBOTS. Our next bit of information is on IC Robot's recent purchase of a G.I. Joe figure of some sort. Let's hear something about that. If you insist. Let's hear something about that. If you As a matter of fact, I do insist. We're going to open up another fun G.I. Joe that I got at that mall in Sunnyvale. I got to say, man, that FYE had all the fun G.I. Joe reactions. I still... I still right now have not found any of the G.I. Joe reactions that are over at the Target. I've tried. I've tried a couple different Targets. I've gone a couple different times. No Storm Shadow. No Blue Snake Eyes. No Arctic Bazooka. None of these dudes, but I want them. I want the Arctic Bazooka, maybe, kind of. The thing with, like, Arctic toys, and I, I might have mentioned this last week, is, like, there's no snow here. So I get them, and, like, I can't play with them in any way. I remember back when I lived in Illinois. It would snow, you know, snow regularly, and I would love to play in the snow outside, and I would have, like, I'd have these big Hoth battles with my, my Star Wars dudes. I'd have my Hoth, Hoth, Han Solo, and the Tauntauns and all that stuff. And I'd play out in the snow. And it was, like, it was, like, really fun. But, like, in, in, in inevitably you would lose one of your dudes. And then, 
like the the thaw would come and he'd find him laying on the grass and that was always that was always kind of fun because you'd have been without him for so long and then you're all together again but uh here in California you know I'm more more inclined to buy like uh desert troopers I'm gonna get a dusty if they make dusty on the reactions I for sure will get him but uh that that's neither that's neither here nor there the figure that I have today like right here in my hands is one of the first uh gen figures who goes by the name of Shauna M. O'Hara, a.k.a. Scarlet. Scarlet's one of my fave G.I. Joes of all the times and all the spaces. I I have a, a story about Scarlet, and I, I've thought about this story, and I've thought about it a few times, and I, I have a feeling I've told it on the uh, Toys R Us report in the past. I am not sure at this point how this story ends. I'm just going to tell it really quick. I'll leave the ending kind of nebulous, and you can sort of you can sort of work it out with, with whatever you, you think. There was this There was this kid named Tim who lived next door to us. We lived on a, a street called Windsor Court. It was a cul-de-sac. And there was there was this kid named Tim who lived next door. He was like, he was like a rich kid. I look back at it and I realize like his dad ran like a plumbing business. So I don't know, I don't know like how rich they were, but he was always bragging about all of his toys and all of his richness. He was always like rubbing in my face how he got like the newest G.I. Joes. This kid was kind of a jerk, to be honest. I didn't like him. I hardly ever played with him, which is, which is wild because he lived next door. And he was, like, the only kid in the court besides me. And we would, like, we would, like, hardly hang out. As a matter of fact, for the longest time, we had an apple war going on. There was, like, an apple tree that dropped apples into his yard and also into my yard. And we would stand over the fence and throw apples at each other. I usually had the advantage because we had a really big weeping willow tree in the yard that I could, like, climb up in and throw apples down at him. But Every once in a while, he would ambush me with a bucket of apples and, and, and throw them at me, and he would win, and I would run. One day, I saw Tim hanging out in, in his driveway. He was, like, he was like throwing rocks at a wall, and I was, like, wondering what dude was doing. So I went over, and I saw that he had Scarlet, like, standing on the ground, and he was chucking rocks at her, trying to, like, make her disintegrate into a pile of body parts. And I was like, Tim, please, if, you, if you're going to do that to her, if you're going to destroy her, just give her to me. I was like... I was completely simping out. I, I look back and it was such embarrassment. And I can't, I can't recall if he gave her to me or what. I, I, I have times have told myself that, yeah, sure, he did give her to you because he, I can't imagine like simping out and not, not getting anything out of it. But, but it's, it's more likely in reality, he just like smashed her up and then started laughing at me and uh, I didn't get a scarlet. But man, this story has been like one tied into like a lot of confusion with me. But at any rate, I have a scarlet now. Let's, Let's dig into the computer files and find out a little bit about uh, Scarlet before we jump ahead. Scarlet is an extremely talented woman. She began training at age 9 and earned her first black belt by age 15. She eventually enlisted in the army, served in Vietnam and underwent all sorts of special training. Ranger School, Cove Ops at Langley, Marine Sniping at Quantico, finally settling on intelligence work. She stands as the only member of the Joe team who has duties that are kept confidential from the rest of the team. That's all, honestly, super interesting. I, I I don't know, man. Scarlet's really cool to me. I, I've always liked the character. I've always dug her. I always wanted her as a kid. But it was like, as, as a young boy, 
you couldn't spend an action figure pick on a girl fig. I realize that's really weird, but you guys all know what I'm talking about. But it was like, you couldn't get the girl fig. People would think you were weird. That was probably why, that was probably why Tim, good old Timmy, was chucking rocks at her in the first place. Probably, probably just some misplaced aggression. Let's, uh, let's take a look at her file card here. You can clip and save for your G.I. Joe command files. Name, Shauna O'Hara, serial number RA24296743, military specialty intelligence, secondary specialty, classified. I imagine it's like a karate. Scarlett's father and three brothers were martial arts instructors. She began her training at age nine and was awarded her first black belt at 15. She graduated advanced infantry training at Ranger School, Special Ed Covert Ops School, Marine Sniper School, Special Air Service School, Marine Taekwondo. Qualified expert in the M14, M16, M1911A1, M79, blah, 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 blah. Everything to the crossbow, garrote, and the throwing star. It's cool, man. I guess the army has certification in the throwing star. I was not aware. Let's let's pull her off the card. This is really great card art, though, to be honest. It's uh, Super 7 kind of outdid themselves. I like the drawing of her on the front. I like her with her little crossbow. Let's, let's take a look. We're going to bust... Let's just rip it right off. Rip it right off the card. Do damage everything. We're gonna rip it off. It comes in a little tray inside. Let's see. It looks like she's held by a band around her shoulders. Let's, um, Arthur Fonzarelli brand switch. Cut through that. Pull her off. Come here, you. She has two weapons. She has a crossbow. Her standard crossbow. That's... That's the weapon I would most attribute to her. This is like her favorite attachment, her weapon. She also has, and she also has a uh, quiver with one, two, three, four arrows. Very, very cool. It goes over her shoulder so she can carry that with her like, like a little purse. Let's put that here over her shoulder. Oh, she has a ponytail. That's nice. The, the OG Scarlet does not have a ponytail, which is, which is whack. It wasn't until like a few gens into G.I. Joe that they started adding like these uh, ponytails for the characters off the back of their heads. But it looks like she just kind of has a uh, orange bowl cut on her uh, on her fig. It's it's cool, you know. Scarlet, obviously, she's a redhead. Her name is Scarlet, but um, her hair is orange in this, like a Carrayola orange, because uh, it's supposed to supposed to mimic the cartoon. But let's see: one, two, three, four, five points of articulation. Her joints are a little tight, which is fine. Let's see how well we can get this. Uh, this over her shoulder. She has some um, holes in her feet for a stand. One of the things about the OG Scarlet figure is that she has no uh, she has no feet pegs, like at all. So there's no way to put her in a stand, and I always am afraid that she's going to fall off the shelf. So I've kind of put her back on my shelf a little bit. So in case there is some kind of an earthquake or in case I run through the room, she won't fall off. Looks like she just dropped her crossbow onto the ground. Let me see. Hold your horses for one sec. I want to find this. I'm on the ground right now, looking around for this, and I don't see it anywhere. I think I'm. I think I'm gonna have to get out of my chair. I'm now here on the ground, looking under my desk. How is it that something can just like disappear like that? I don't see it anywhere. That's so weird. It seriously. Oh, here it is. Got it. Uh, apologies. Let me get back up here. Man, this is some good old-fashioned radio here. Uh, let me roll my chair back up. I apologize. I'm so far away from the microphone right now. But you know what? I just had to find it really quick. So let's let's kind of just move this over here. You know, her weapon does not fit 
that well into her hand. It does. It fits for sure. But it also, it's also loose enough that it could fall off. Um, speaking of G.I. Joe stands, I got a whole package of stands in the mail this morning. I bought them from a, from a Chinese manufacturer and they've been in the mail for, I'm not even kidding, three months. And they showed up today and I'm pretty excited about that because I have... I have all my Joes, the G.I. Joe team members, on stands, which is nice because I have them up there and I could take them in and out without risk of, like, all the other ones falling off. And now I'll be able to add enough to uh, do most of my Cobras. So that will be fun. But uh, I don't know. This is turning really Bush League. Let's, uh, let's just move forward a little bit. This is one famous. This is one famous. This is one famous. With EC Robot. It sure is, man. It's world famous with IC Robots, and IC Robots is me. I think we're up on it right now, honestly. We're up against the uh, we're up against the wall of sound that separates me from you, that separates me from the rest of the world, and yada yada yada. Blada blada blada. I blada blada blada. I blada blada blada. I yada 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 yada. Blada blada blada. I hope you guys have enjoyed everything that's happened so far. I hope that you've had a good time. I hope you enjoyed hearing about the uh, Concord Con, the uh, East Bay Comic Con. That was that was always fun. Comic Cons have been like a big part of my life for like a, like a really long time. But in some ways, I feel like the allure is starting to uh, wear off. I do always enjoy the panels. I like to hear... Like professional, well-accomplished dudes tell their um, tell their tales of uh, how, how they, they made it, how they do it. The art of storytelling is very important to me, and I like to hear professionals talk about that, and that's always cool. But like the merchandise rooms are starting to uh, they're starting to wear a little thin on me. I I'm getting to where I I might have like a lot of the comic books that I've wanted. I said that earlier, so when I go, I look around. I don't I don't buy as much as I used to. When I would go to these things before, I would come home with like a big bag of stuff, a big bag of dollar comics, a bunch of graphic novels and stuff. But now, I don't know, dude. I'm like, I am so well-stocked. I am so well-stocked on comics, so well-stocked on uh, things. But I do feel like my toy urges are still gigantic. They're always coming out with things that I uh, that I want, that I need, that I feel the urge to buy. So, I don't know, man. I guess what I'm saying is like taste change. Like our own personal, our own personal taste go from this to that, and then who knows, man, before long, I, I, I might be back at that again, because I, I recall there wasn't even that long ago where I was like, you know, toys are boring to me, I'm only into comics now, so I don't know, dude, it's fun, it's fun to have multiple interests, because I don't know, dude, it's like, whatever, man, but uh, I'm trying to think of like a good story to end this with, that's why I'm kind of, kind of just rambling on and on, and I don't know that I have anything that's really that great to take us home, take us home with, because besides that con, I haven't really been like, I haven't been like super active, the flea markets have been pretty dry, I had to go to a funeral the other week, you don't want to hear about that, it's just, it's just been is what it is, but I, I do, I do have this feeling that things are, things are starting to look up, I can feel some of the rains loosening in the world, I can feel some of the, uh, some of the fear starting to wane that was out there, the fear of the the impending doom of the bug, but, uh, who knows, dude, these things always can come back around, so you still gotta be careful, definitely gotta be careful, you still gotta go, you gotta work out, you gotta stay healthy, you have to be active, you gotta listen to that champion sound if you happen to be, you happen to be a Patreon fan, and I hope you guys would consider that, the, the Patreon stuff going on over there at supportthereport.com, it's pretty fun, I've been having a good time making these at the movies episodes, because I'm back into the movie game in full effect, and it's fun to talk about the movies that I've seen, Movies I want to see, a little movie news. I tell some movie theater stories from when I went to uh, went to work there, and 
I'm going to start mixing in some video store stories too. I feel like all these things kind of fall under the at the movies banner because when I was when I was hanging and clanging at the uh, Bradley video over on Piner and Marlowe and then later store number eight in good old Rinkin Valley, I was watching like more movies than any time in my life, but they were all on tapes. So that at the movies vibe definitely does stretch into uh, the video store days. So we're going to start touching on some of the wacky things that happened there. And let me tell you, man, there's a lot of wacky. A lot of wacky stuff. We got some fun episodes about who's who in the DC Comics universe. That's always that's always a hoot and a half, man. A lot of fun things going on in DC. It's not just Marvel. Peacemaker's great. A lot of things are fun. A lot of variety out there that is always fun. So I don't, I don't know, know man. man. I reckon we're gonna get up out of here. I probably should have just ended it on the last segment, but uh, I don't know. I felt like trying to give a little more, but uh, it hasn't paid off. It hasn't paid off as well as I would have hoped. But uh, till we meet again, this is me. I see robots saying. If you don't like the news, go out there and make some of your own. Alright, um, Ann, bring an organ. And you know I got to have that. Some people, some people, some people, some people, some people listen for history. Some people listen because they want a mystery. Some people listen, then say we're whack. But if they miss the show, they get the heart attack. Now look at you, you're sitting there, biting your lip. The whole world sees you as a hypocrite. Live out the first law and make yourself better. If the show doesn't help you, change the station If you don't want peace in the world Love, peace, and happiness in an endless world If all you want to do is keep the whole world back You're the one that's whack And we're world's, world's, world's famous Check it out, I like to thank everybody I like to thank all the engineers for making this record I like to thank you for buying this record But finally, I like to thank all the Buffalo girls out there your slick blow. That's right. I see Robots Radio is a listener-supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. I don't think so. Maybe I will catch it when it come out on laser. The charming then art. Adam. I don't, I don't know, know man. man.